a dangerous new vigilante is stalking the streets of Gotham City. He's killing mob bosses left and right, all of whom are connected through past sins. Meanwhile, an old flame of Bruce Wayne's is back in town, and long-forgotten feelings are getting in the way of Bruce's crusade in the beloved 1993 animated adventure, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Carol Lujek. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Today's episode is Batman Mask of the Phantasm in honor of the recent loss of voice actor Kevin Conroy. This isn't how we wanted to do a film like this, but we wanted to honor Conroy the only way we could. And we're all massive Batman fans here. We consider Kevin Conroy pretty much the best guy to ever do it. And it this one hit all of us pretty hard. So here we are celebrating his legacy. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was just chilling on like over the weekend when the news hit. And I remember I texted you and I noticed I got a very long response time. I'm like, oh shit, he's looking it up. And then sure enough, I got the response. Yep, he, he thought I was bullshitting him, which I unfortunately was not. Um, it Yeah, it was like, I don't know, it, it just hit. I mean, he has been considered for years and rightfully so. The definitive voice of Batman, really, for a lot of people, just the definitive Batman, which was his voice alone, which is really saying something. Um, and the fact that, no, I mean, obviously, this show is what, you know, Batman the Animated Series is what really brought us, you know, introduced us to his take on it. But it was so well done that, like, you know, he came back for the Arkham games and he came back, you know, for all, any other animated stuff they did. He came back in person for the Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline they did on the um on the Arrowverse shows you know he came back as you know in person himself so you know his his influence his legacy was immediately felt when he uh stepped into the into that recording booth and did the voice and um i don't think anyone's ever going to match any you know ever match what he what he brought to what he did and it will forever be remembered i mean it was a huge loss we lost batman yeah yeah, Colton, what did you? How did this? How did this hit you? Uh, well, I found out because you said uh, you asked me if I wanted to record an episode for Bill and Ted, and I said yes. And then the next day, you said, "Hey, just kidding, Kevin Connery died. We're going to be doing Mask of the Phantasm again." So that's how I found out, and that was pretty crazy. Um, that night, I kind of so uh, I. The first time I heard his voice, obviously, was the Batman animated series because me and my dad would watch Teen Titans. And I kind of went through the I went like Teen Titans first and then I went um, Justice League. But I wanted more and then I wanted more Batman. So I went Batman animated series and then I played the games and everything. So as soon as you told me, I like re-downloaded the Arkham Knight games just because that's one of my favorite Batman stories ever. Um, and then I kind of. You know, when the new Batman movie came out, I went through all the Batman shit, like animated series again. And then I was like, I'll play the games again. And then anytime I would stumble across something that wasn't Kevin Connery, I was like, fuck this. I was like, ew, this is gross. Who is this? This isn't my Batman. So, yeah. Yeah, it feels like that. His his voice is so connected to the character that like when I think of Batman, 
he's the first he's the first and only voice that pops into my head like when i think of batman talking it's kevin conroy mm-hmm. um and yeah this this week's episode was supposed to be bill and ted's bogus journey but uh that's been thrown back in the book because i didn't want to wait too long on this because i wanted i wanted to do something oh yeah uh and yeah today we're gonna just talk batman and kevin conroy's take on the character it's gonna be fun uh but before we get started i've got one update on the rewind and this one updates our episode on escape from new york one of my personal favorites the uh only time we ever interviewed somebody and that was really fun uh go back and check that one out uh the filmmaking team of matt bettinelli Olpin, tyler gillette and chad valella valella whatever chad uh, known collectively as Radio Silence, that's what they're. I'm going to be saying from now on because I can't pronounce their names, are being considered to helm a remake of Escape from New York with John Carpenter serving as executive producer. And Radio Silence are the guys behind Ready or Not and the recent Scream sequel. And while Hollywood tries to remake Escape from New York pretty much every few years to no avail, got to admit, I have mixed feelings over an attempt by these guys. I mean, they did wonders with Scream. If they can figure out a good way to bring this back maybe it could work i don't know I, i'm not getting my hopes up because we've heard about this being on and off for so many. i think at one point like robert rodriguez was attached like they lots of big names were attached at one point or another um you know at one point there was rumors of of you know kurt russell's son Wyatt russell taking the role but he shot those down saying he doesn't want to do something his dad already did which i get i understand um I, you know, and, you know, it, the way it took off was eventually I reported that they are doing it and it's like they're being talked to for possibly doing it. Um, there were so many conflicting reports. Some were like they're in talk. Some were like they're being considered. Some were saying like they're already attached. Kurt Russell's coming back. And then others were like, nobody's talked to Kurt Russell. What? It was such a storm of. Yeah. Dig, digging through the way it sounds that they are indeed being talked to. One of the ideals is to bring Kurt Russell back. But again, this is if this is just being talked about, that's early. There's no pen to paper right now, so that could easily change if this even happens. Um if I finally get my snake three, it's it's worth it. <laughs> it would be as long as the movie's actually good. Like I said, I I'm just I'm kind of like you, I'm not gonna get excited yet about something that's been talked about for so long. And even then, like, don't get me wrong, like, I do like these guys a lot. Like, I, you know, I love the new Scream. I'm looking forward to the the new one they're working on next, for next year. Um, I love, you know, absolute already or not. I think it's just a wonderful film. So, like, if anyone could do it, I do think it's these guys. But it's like after hearing names like Rodriguez, I think even the John Wick guys were fucking attached or talked about at one point. Like, I'm just tired of hearing names. Like, I don't care anymore until I actually know this is getting filmed. Anytime there's a successful action or horror movie, somehow their names get linked to an Escape from New York reboot. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> like clockwork, man. It's so weird. It's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. What, I'm, I'm always I'm always down. Anytime there's a movie that I enjoy and someone says, hey, we're going to remake it, I don't get upset because I don't think you can like ruin a m- movie that's already out. So I'm always down for a remake. I want someone else to you know, give me their vision of something. And like you, like you said, uh, Ready or Not was phenomenal. So I'm down. Why not? Fuck it. Hmm. I like that attitude. Everyone else on the team just hates, 
hates remakes. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that you're kind of optimistic about them. That's good. Mine's the thing of like it depends on who you attach. Like this this whole raid, the when they announced the raid remake with Michael Bay of all fucking people producing, that made my heart sink. So I'm like wrong guy to direct or produce, even though he's not directing, to produce that fucking masterclass of film. I with that movie probably never happened. <laughs> There has been no word on it since then. I hope it stays that way. Um, Michael Bay announces so much shit, like 3% of it actually happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless he's directing it or it's through his um, Platinum Dunes company, it usually won't happen. Um, yeah, it just depends on who's attached. I really like, you know what I mean? Like, when when I know those people that are enthusiastic about it and stuff, and that gives me hope. That's why I don't mind. If it were to be these guys, I'd be down because I know they're very enthusiastic enthusiastic about this type of stuff um i remember i was kind of somewhat optimistic about the big trouble in little china remake when the rock was talking about doing it because he had that enthusiasm for it but then i sat through black adam and i went fuck you you built you built me up for like years dude and that movie was mediocre at best aggressively <laughs> mediocre the rock is like the only instance where i can like really think of where somebody is their own hype man it really is crazy. He is so excited about everything he does. He's like, this is the greatest project I have ever been a part of. But he says that every time. I mean, outside of music, DJ Khaled, say. <laughs> True. I mean, he, is, he doesn't say that about Fast and Furious anymore. No, with that, he's like, fuck off. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but with that, <laughs> Jamie Renner. Hmm? Jamie Renner, he's his own high man. He had, a, he had his own fucking app. So <laughs> remember that. <laughs> that so was I mean, such a disaster. How how hype man can you get? You have a fucking app dedicated to yourself. <laughs> when you're like filthy stinking superhero movie rich, if I had that kind of money, you know what? Fuck it. I might start a Connor ass. Why not? Hawkeye. Who cares? <laughs> Fuck Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> I like Hawkeye. Well, there's Don't like there, the odds of Escape from New York happening again are not great the the past is not in the film's favor so there's a good to fair chance that this will you know get buried until john wick 4 comes out and then those guys will be attached to it and we'll talk about this again yeah i will say that the plot is very in its time period you know that's true i mean nowadays new york city being turned into a giant mega prison i mean and doesn't really work in the age of cell phones that that movie doesn't work go no. save the president oh okay also there's been this wonderful thing that's happened where like it seems like since rob zombies halloween they haven't really been able to success well okay other than the thing but that was more of a prequel than a remake they haven't really been able to re- like successfully tackle anything john carpenter has done like it's always talked about remaking something he's done and then that's all it ever is is talk 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 and <laughs> doesn't happen <laughs> Well, that's, you know, 90% of films end in the pitch meetings. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, the amount of films that weren't made because some executive was like, not that won't make us money. Yeah. yeah. Like, or sometimes after you're almost done filming, if you're WB, it ends there too. Yeah. Filming is not sacred. It is not. Or sometimes you got some dipshit producer who watched a lot of Discovery Channel and it's like every movie I am responsible for producing is going to have a big ass spider. Oh my God. What? Who? Oh, oh yeah. 
listen to our Wild Wild West episode. The guy produced who produced that movie. Every film he was making, he was like, "Can we put a giant spider in this?" And he finally got his wish. Yeah, that's great. That's <laughs> cool. I like that. These yeah. are the people that are giving money for films that we watch. God, I would pay so much money to to watch a remake of Ghosts on Mars. Yeah, you know what? So would I. <laughs> I know I'm good. You give it to a like a director who isn't in the middle of a downward spiral, it might work. I think that movie only works because it's a director in the middle of a downward spiral. Keep the keep the um uh, cheesy aspect of the movie. Give it to like I don't know, um, fucking James Gunn or <laughs> Taika Waititi or however you say his name. He'll do it. Okay, it's a radio silence, guys. Why not? <laughs> these are the guys. Yeah, these are the guys who are who are hot right now. So yeah. give it the radio silence. <laughs> <laughs> and get cast Wyatt Russell as a different special ops soldier with an eye patch on the other side. Oh my god. <laughs> call him like Python Jones or something. <laughs> Python Bones. That's Python Bones. There it is. There you go. That's a name. Heard you were dead. No, that's my dad. <laughs> oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Uh, yeah, I hope this dies. It will. It will. <laughs> yeah. It Escape from New York is a wonderful film and does not need to be touched. These guys are busy with six cream. Let them let them finish six cream and then we can talk about the next project. Unless, of course, the company Smart is like, hey, ho, ho, hold on, before you do that project, what about Seven Cream? <laughs> what about, get? hey, picture this, Scream 3. That hasn't been done. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for them to, to announce that the new Scream is called Scream 2. Because that's what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I would love oh, the idea. It's called it's Scream Returns. Returns. You know, we just had Scream Return. Scream 2, Scream Louder. No, please. Sounds like the porno parody. (laughs) Okay. A good day to scream. Live free or scream. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Scream with a vengeance. That's actually not a bad title. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on into Batman. That was fun. Oh, yeah, this is a Batman episode. Uh, so my question to you guys, what elements of Batman, the animated series, this, this vein of Batman, what elements do you think are responsible for making it one of the best depictions of the Batman world we've ever gotten? What do you think it is about this corner of the DC universe that fans absolutely fucking adored? It does what the new movie did. It embraces everything about Batman and the world. It it makes you fear him. It it does that in the character. It does that in the architecture, in the lighting. This is a very dark cartoon. I mean that in both tone and also, it's fucking dark. Um, yeah. But it it embraces everything that we like about Batman. Um, it's at one point like serious. Sorry, there's like a weird noise outside my window. Um, it's at one point like you know very serious, but also just like it shows you like what Batman's capable of doing, like striking fear into these criminals and stuff. Again, something that I don't think has ever been touched until the recent Robert Pattinson movie 
that went to that hard. And I do think that film owes a lot to the animated series. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, he, he even says that in the in the movie when it's like a flashback. He's like, yeah, I'm getting good at fighting, but they don't fear me yet. They need to they need to fear me, which I like. I like how this is going to sound cheesy and, and probably um sacrilegious, but just stay with me. Um, it felt like a like a Scooby-Doo episode, I feel like. Because it's like it's like ooh who's who's the like it's like who who who's the phantasm, you know. And so I like that touches on his because he's he's a detective first and foremost I think, and then the art style is great, and his voice he's the only Batman I think that doesn't well I don't think Adam West changes his voice but he's the only Batman who doesn't have a separate Batman and Bruce Wayne voice, which I like. Well, first up, you're talking to two of the people on this planet who absolutely would not consider it sacrilegious to compare this to Scooby-Doo. <laughs> we love Scooby-Doo. Okay. We literally just had a whole beyond the bad defending the Scooby-Doo live action film. Yeah. In 2002. <laughs> um, and I think for me, this version of Batman perfectly, perfectly nails Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is the mask. Batman is the person he really is. And this show captures that so perfectly. And he doesn't change Conrad does not change his voice. He just changes his inflection. Yeah. It's a very it's a very subtle change. Yeah. But you can tell like Batman it's very deep and Bruce is kind of light and you know kind of goofy and corny. He's just, you know, this yeah. bachelor, but it's the same guy and it's very clear. And I just I it's the dedication. It's the voice talent that really makes this shine. And the writing. The writing was fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I agree with you, uh, Colton, you brought up the detect part. That's something that's always severely lacking mm-hmm. in a lot of the Batman uh, stuff. I think only this series, the Arkham series, and again, the newest movie really did a great job of showcasing the detective aspect. Like This show, if I recall correctly, would have multiple episodes of him actually trying to figure out who the villain is before he finally got the showdown mm-hmm. having the villain. Yeah. And there's a reason why the, the most recent Batman film has a similar vibe and tone to this stuff is because this is Robert Pattinson's favorite Batman movie. He brought this into that, into that version of the character, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, Dude, I yeah. noticed that. Well, like there are so many moments in this movie where I was watching and I was like, Oh my God, that's fucking that's Battenson. Well, I mean, it's not. Battenson is is Kevin Connors Batman brought to live action. But like when he's like looking through the window and the rain is falling down, he's not wiping it off. He's just sitting there. I had the Nirvana song playing in my head watching that part. <laughs> and then when he's like struggling, he's like he's like shit. I really I love this woman, but I made a promise to be Batman. And he's like, look, I'll hire more cops. And then he realizes, no, that's not good enough. That's that's not good enough at all. Yeah. So I, I like the 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 struggle between Bruce Wayne and Batman. And Bruce Wayne is a fucking he's like an all shucks, I'm sorry kind of kind of guy. And then he becomes Batman and he's like, fuck you. Every live action version of Batman except I think the Nolan trilogy completely just tosses Bruce Wayne aside. There's no yeah, look yeah. into Bruce Wayne as a person, as a billionaire, what he like who he is. But this movie, Mask of the Phantasm I feel like Bruce Wayne's the focus of this thing more than Batman is. Yeah. And because this is about Bruce's decision to 
basically just it's happiness or Batman. It's love or the crusade. And yeah. I love him having to pick that, like choose between those two ideologies because Batman's never been one for the middle ground. When you when you said you wanted to do a Batman movie, and I, when I'm thinking of movies that Kevin Conroy was in, I always think like, oh, the killing joke is great. And then on this rewatch, I was like, oh, I understand why you chose this one because this is fucking great. It's more it's it's like a character study on Bruce Wayne and Batman more than it is more than it is a Batman movie because I was it, it's not a action packed Batman movie. It's more of a drama. It's like it, yeah. yeah yeah really good fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, one thing I like and you guys brought up with like you know the mask being Bruce Wayne and him living the Playboy lifestyle. If you notice in this film, and no, something I noticed in a lot of the live action takes on this character is there i the actors i don't and even christian and this is i do like the nolan trilogy quite a bit but um even christian bell did it where like the idea of playing up the bill right now is that he's very like egotistical and just a young playboy that just flaunts his money whereas in this film and a lot of other ones that i like is that yes he flaunts his money but he's not egotistical like he he does do a lot of philanthropy on the side and stuff and put his his name out there put a good light on his name and then he dons the batman mask at night so he's like yeah he is playing the the playboy billionaire but not to like an obnoxious degree that sometimes i think the live action ones like to do um whereas this one's a much more subtle one and again i'm gonna try not keep bringing it up but i just really like the new one <laughs> but you know the new batman movie did as well too right they really try to show a more subtle take on it um so i do like that that is like okay he's not like the the Bruce Wayne in this is not like me saying going okay just hurry up and get the Batman because I really don't like Bruce Wayne I'm like no I'm actually invested in the Bruce Wayne aspect of it also yeah I that's why I like the new Batman movie everyone says oh the the Bruce Wayne Robert Pattinson his Bruce Wayne fucking sucks no it doesn't he is his he he is like almost suicidal okay he has to learn how to be Bruce Wayne first I feel like honestly. Battenson is what like he he becomes the Batman animated series. Like the Batman movie is the origin story for the animated series Batman. <laughs> yes. I will I will absolutely get back on Kevin Connor, I promise. But yes, thank you. Everyone who keeps trying to say like he's that Robert Pants has sucked this Bruce Wayne, go fuck yourselves politely. Um <laughs> you remember, this is like a year two Batman in this movie, right? He doesn't know how to separate it yet. So even when he is not in the mask and the cow and everything, he doesn't know how to be Bruce Wayne. And mm-hmm. it's so obvious if you actually watch the subtle things that Pattinson's doing, it's very like he's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. If you watch it, you can see anytime he's Bruce Wayne, he is uncomfortable. He doesn't like it. He wants to be Batman. That's his zone. That's when he's comfortable. It, so, uh, it takes the events of that film for him to realize that people are worth saving. This was never about helping people. It's about beating the shit out of bad people. But yep. over the course of that film, he's like, I can be a hero, too. These people need somebody to help them. Exactly. And it could be me. And that's how he becomes Batman. Like, yes. I feel like these people didn't even watch the whole fucking movie. This no, is like tuned out like halfway through. I don't know. If, this might be like not accurate or true at all. But throughout the entire movie, he never calls himself Batman. He always calls himself Vengeance. So I, like, in my head, I think, okay, he was never calling himself Batman. He was calling his, like, 
like okay his superhero name is going to be vengeance and at the end he's like no i'm batman and then he book and then mask of the phantasm is a couple years after the robert pattinson batman movie where he's like okay i need to be bruce wayne let's try it and that's why he seems really i think clumsy as bruce wayne in this movie but he still like when he was at talking to his parents grave that was really like upsetting because he was like i made a promise to you guys i don't know what to do anymore yeah I like considering the Pattinson Batman movie kind of the the prequel to the animated series. I I think that's how Pattinson probably played the character, considering he was such a oh, yeah. fan of this. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't mean to go on so much about the newest film, but goddamn, god do I love the Batman so much. It's such a good goddamn movie. Yeah. yeah, it was fantastic, and I really hope we get another one because the shakeup at DC is discouraging me. Yeah, I've been hearing conflicting reports about Zaslav not liking it. Oh, it's like, just give me more of that, man. I want more of the Batman universe. One fucking project you had that was a success, you're going to just leave it out in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> ah, anyway. Um, so some background on Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, the film takes place between the first and second seasons of Batman the Animated Series, which ran oh. from 1992 to 1995 and was then rebooted as the new Batman Adventures for 24 more episodes in 1997. Uh, technically, it's the fourth season, but really it's a new show that didn't quite take off. Yeah, a lot a lot of old cartoons. I think we talked about Bill and Scooby-Doo. A lot of old cartoons would do that. Like, if you pick up... Um, and if you didn't listen to the Beyond the Bad episode, but if you pick up the complete Scooby-Doo RU set on Blu-ray and DVD, like the third season, Air Croats, it's really just like the new Scooby-Doo movies or whatever they called it after that, yeah. but it lasted a season. So they just put it in. That's like the third season of Scooby-Doo. Are you? Yeah. And their rationale is basically kids aren't going to notice and they don't care. <laughs> kids are watching. <laughs> There's so many, like I, I remember like when the new Batman movie came out, I went back and rewatched a couple episodes of the Batman animated series and Batman is a cold motherfucker, dude. Like some of the shit that he does, I'm like, God damn, dude, <laughs> this is insane. It is really remarkable how far they were allowed to go with this. I mean, you know, you got guns, you got murder, you got gangsters. It's 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 hardcore. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, I think I've talked about this on several. I think every time we do a Batman movie, this comes up because I just fucking love it. It was an episode of the animated show where some guy was having a bad day and somebody cut him off in traffic. So he drove after the guy, like rode, rode his, his like rode him on the highway and was like, fuck you, man. He, he turned, like he drives up to see who it was. And it was the Joker. Oh, <laughs> and that's the reaction he has. He's like, Oh, what really? <laughs> He's like, well, I'm gonna, let me call my wife really quick. Tell her I'm not going to be home for ever. <laughs> And Joker smiles like, well, I didn't know I was doing this today, but guess what we're doing now? And follows the guy home and basically tells him, like, one day I'm going to ask a favor of you. And if you don't call, I'm going to kill you. Like, you I'm, I'm going to kill your whole family. And this guy changes his name. He moves to a different city. Joker's been keeping tabs on him for years. And one day he calls him and is like, hey, guess what time it is? It, it was great. It's one of my favorite episodes because it's just like, if you're living in Gotham City, that's the kind of shit that could accidentally happen to you. You cut off the Joker, and now you're in his pocket. If anything, that teaches you don't have road rage. 
I'm going to be, if I live in Gotham City, I'm the nicest person in the world. I'm donating to all the charities. I'm not getting in anyone's business. I'm, just not I'm not calling the police on anything. I'm minding my own fucking business, okay? Oh, basically what I do now in my life, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just... I said the donate part. I don't I do not do that. Do I'm going to be, uh, uh, what, what job would I have? I don't know. I was going to say gas station clerk, but no, because I got blown up. Um, I don't know. I'll have like the most immediate. I'll be a fucking movie theater, uh, uh, ticket person or because uh, concession stand. That's what I'll do. I'll be a dock worker because there's always a dock in super. Yeah, there's always a dock. <laughs> there's a dock. There's a warehouse. <laughs> like you know, some kind of union job. <laughs> Speaking, of, do you think the villains have a union? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that comes. That's the Legion of Doom. That's the Union. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, I think they made jokes about that in, uh, in the Harley Quinn show. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Um. So the film borrowed elements from the graphic novel Batman Year One, and the four-part comic book arc Batman Year Two, but they created a brand new antagonist with the Phantasm. The villain in that arc is called the Reaper, and similar but they just decided to retool it make it the phantasm create this new character of andrea beaumont and it just works phantasm is such a creepy bad guy and the twist the first time you see it is is a genuine shock this this series had a really good job pulling that off and creating characters that become iconic to the batman world like holly quinn was not in the comics until this show came out and they created the counterpoint to joker and she has now become like a staple of the Burgs Gallery. Yeah. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, the guy who wrote this movie is the guy who created Harley Quinn, uh, Paul Dini. This guy's just good. Yeah. Well, one of four. He, th- these these animated movies always have a shit ton of writers. Yeah. Speaking of which, real quick, I, I don't know if it's in your in your facts. I think it was either him or Bruce Tim, I believe. I was supposed to do that that new Batman show that's supposed to be heavily inspired by the animated series, but Zaslav and his infinite wisdom doesn't want to do <laughs> shit for HBO Max because that's what it was being made for and axed it. Yeah. There was going to be. It was going to be, and it was going to be heavily oh. inspired by yeah, this. That's right. So, I, think, yeah. I forgot the reason for this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't I think bring like, that up because I was just like... This- there's not a lot about it, and it's just it's painful. It it hurts, especially because I think one of the original animated series guys was attached to it. Like it was supposed to be like essentially pretty much being like where this would have left off. Like it oh man that style. And of course, Zazlev just said, I don't want to make stuff for HBO Max. Why would I make stuff for my streamer that we've launched? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his decision making uh skills need some work it does like the no making nothing for your streaming company that you have yeah it's yeah it's it's weird i don't know he's living in like 1990 yeah uh so mask of the phantasm was the first animated dc film to be given a theatrical release and the only one to get one until 2017 with the lego batman movie I heard, yeah, I heard that's because they kind of did them dirty with this, though. Oh, we're gonna get into that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I heard the reason why is they kind of did them dirty. This probably could have been successful. Um, 
but they kind of dirty. I mean, with that, luckily, like it showed that if, if anything is stable in DC, uh, on the cinematic side of things, is that their animated films tend to rock. Like, yeah, there's a few duds, but like their animated film output, yeah, usually pretty stellar. They perfectly pulled off a Marvel style, can like you know, uh, conjoin you. Oh, what's the term? What am I? Shared universe. Got it. There you uh, go. Shared universe arc from Flashpoint Paradox leading up to Apocalypse War that worked and was really exciting and engaging and delivered. So, like, why aren't those guys being put in charge of the live action projects? Because they know how to write good shit. I don't know. Warner Bros. Yep. DC or you know, Warner Brothers have no faith in them. They're just like, you deliver the the shit for kids. We'll maybe get some DVD sales and then you just move on to the next one. That's a good boy. <laughs> I think DC, the DCU is trying to be like the MCU and they cannot do that. DC needs to have its own fucking identity. And they, I feel like they try to be too edgy, which I don't know. I don't feel like the DC to me, I know this is weird because it came in a time and like you had to be fighting gods because people didn't want to deal with like the real world shit that was going on. So, you're, no. you're careful with the edgy comedy. You don't want to piss off the Snyder, the Snyder fans, all right? I fucking, I don't give it. I don't care. I'll say it here, so people can hear me say it. I fucking hate the Justice League movies. I don't care about the Snyder cut. It was still bad. There has not been a good DC movie, and I'm talking about like the DCEU, Joker and Batman aside. Um, the the, the most recent one that I thought was okay was Shazam was okay, and uh, the first Wonder Woman was. Okay, was pretty good, but that is it. I liked the first Wonder Woman. I liked Birds of Prey, and I liked the oh yeah, Birds Suicide of Prey. Squad. The Suicide Squad was good too. Are those but, connected uh, to like Aquaman and everything and all that? They're supposed to be, but yeah. Okay, those are fine. Yeah, Suicide Squad I, was really good, actually. Yeah, well, I mean that's when you get James Gunn involved. That's what happens. Yep. Um, and they're like, "Hey, you did a good job with this. Do you want to help us fix everything and be our new boss?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's like, well, I have to check with Kevin. <laughs> yeah. And Kevin's Kevin like, you know what? Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's we see what happens. Three, we got three Guardians movies out here. If it fills, you'll come back to us. It'll be good to have a guy on the inside. What team is hanging on is hanging in James Gunn's bedroom and a poster? Is it the Suicide Squad or the Guardians of the Galaxy? It's Both. the it's the team that he created with Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. And they're doing the dance. That's the poster in James Gunn's yeah. office. Can I tell you how excited I'd get when that first season was airing and like the theme song would come? I would turn my TV up. I got so excited when that theme song and the dance started on every single episode of Peacemaker. Dude, that Peacemaker show was a- Peacemaker kicked ass. That show made me cry at a CGI'd eagle hugging a human being. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, James Gunn's the right man for the job. I I think he might actually be able to make something out of this fucking mess. I I want to have hope again. I want to have hope, but DC's burned me so many times. And this ass love guy is a psychopath. I'm hoping that because he also got Peter Safran, um, on a board who has worked with Warner Bros. before on the Conjuring Universe and a bunch of other like franchises, that he can be. I know he's supposed to be like the business, basically. He's going to be the one going and talking and doing all that stuff. He's the guy who's going to have to translate all of James Gunn's crazy fucking pitches into something that a 
you know, old school movie businessman can understand. <laughs> That's his job. Yeah. And uh, to get the okay for it. So I'm, I want to have hope, but Zaslav has proven that that guy's a fucking psychopath and I just have no faith. We will see. Um, so yeah, I can, so because this film was good, but not a financial success, they never, they didn't give a, another animated film, a live act or a um, theatrical release till Lego Batman. And then later teen Titans go to the movies. I, I love when it's clearly not because of the film's quality, but because of poor decision making. They go, could have been our far. People clearly don't want to see it at the theater. So uh, we're just going to access for the feature. I also found out through my research, and I couldn't really believe this um, Teen Titans Go, you know, that like goofy little Teen Titans for kids. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that, that show has had nearly 400 episodes. Yeah, we're gonna act like I didn't. I won't act like I didn't just hear that. I was. Um, I thought it was okay. <laughs> if it was on, I wouldn't change the channel. Oh God damn it! Because okay, again, and I'm the same way I feel about remakes and movies. Just because like it's not like the original, because it wasn't trying to be the original. It was trying to be a goofy TV show. I thought it was okay because I took it for what it was. I don't I think it ruined too. the original. I don't think it was trying to copy the original. I think he was trying to be goofy, and I uh, kind of like that. I, I did too, and I still hated it. But I and I also still like the original show better. <laughs> I just think I don't weird. think I don't think you can compare the two. That's just me. Well, then they shouldn't have gotten the same voice cast and had it be like the same characters because that's yeah. what also have the same title just add go at the end. Like it's not Pokemon; it's Pokemon Go. Duh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess the hearing the voice of Robin say some wacky shit was kind of off-putting, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah, whatever. I wouldn't. I if if I had to choose between Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go, I would obviously pick Teen Titans. I would have loved if you had said if I had to choose, I'd obviously go with Teen Titans Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah obviously, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I caught half an episode once when I was uh, babysitting, and then I saw part of the movie when I worked at a draft house, and I was just like, "What happened? Like, who, why did they do this?" Look, look, let me say just to save my skin. Um, yeah, this is this this was younger me. I have not seen an episode since I've like been out of like school and on my own. But from what I remember, I remember being okay. But there's a lot of shows now where I'll go back to it and I'm like, wow, this is garbage. What, what, like, what, what did what I try to watch? What if you go back and you just become obsessed? You're just... <laughs> I get a fucking tattoo. Teen I, love, I love that your explanation, like your explanation was like the same explanation people use to explain why they used to be a crackhead. It's like, <laughs> I was a younger person. I made some mistakes. I, I've changed. <laughs> I've changed. I like how at first you were coming on trying like, I don't care what you guys think. I like Teen Titans Go. And then we had our comments. And you're like, okay, look, look, guys, in my defense. Look, look, in my defense, I was I was younger. <laughs> I was younger. I feel like we weren't even that harsh. You broke really easily. <laughs> like, for me, I'm the king of doubling down. You gotta double down sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You like what you like. I just I thought it was a weird it's an odd show that i can't believe has gone on so long 
like what you like, but how dare you defend that show? Anyway, so what happened was with Mask of the Phantasm, they were originally planning this to be a like TV movie. And then at the last second, they decided to release it in theaters. So there wasn't a lot of notice. People didn't know this was coming out. The animation department had to hustle to get this thing like to work on the ratio. So everyone was just kind of like surprised. So the film lost money at the box office. Uh, I think if they'd planned this, this could have been a huge success. Yeah, and that's why I say like it astonishes me that like they gave them last minute notice, so no one had time at all. They didn't. There was no marketing for this film, and their theory on when it flopped was, well, I guess people just want to see it, so we're just not going to really see theatrically again. Like, no, it's because you gave them no time. Yeah, that's you also I- you also think part of it was because. Uh, like, I mean, it's a it's a cartoon. So, like, I mean, when people see cartoons, they're like, "Oh, kids movie." Like, Sausage Party came out, and I remember watching the trailer, like, "Oh, this is for kids." And then I, my grandpa took me to go see it. No, and we were like, "Oh, we were very wrong." <laughs> y'all stop watching. Was it before the orgy scene or after? We or didn't what? stop watching. We continued, and we had a great time. That's I like it. That's delightful. You know they're yeah. doing like a TV continuation on like Prime. Prime's doing like a series. They yeah. yeah, they get all the core creatives back. They love Seth Rogen because of the boys. So like it's Seth Rogen, you know Evan Goldberg, and all the cast coming back to do it. Oh That's so bad. But, oh, but anyway, I don't. I I think part of it was also maybe because it was a it was a cartoon. People were like, oh, cartoon. I'm not gonna go to the movie theaters to watch a fucking cartoon, which is upsetting because there's so many movies that are really good and are animated. I, I don't know I, if that I, I don't know if that flies because this was in the '90s where like okay Disney had yeah, their yeah. heyday and I mean Aladdin and The Lion King these were like near billion dollar successes. I'll say I I don't know if I fully because like as we've seen with Disney and Pixar and like DreamWorks and all these guys now like animated films make bank at the box office because it's the opposite it's hey we can have something you know parents like we can take our kids and go see this and it becomes like a big thing i think if anything the issue becomes that because it's animated people naturally assume like it's only for children which is then when you have those issues with things like sausage party or south park bigger longer and uncut or even like beavis and butthead do america because people just go oh animated without thinking like yeah but not all animation is meant for kids there's plenty of raunchy animated shows movies out there not for children, so that's where you got to pay attention to the ratings. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know it was just, oh, there's a Batman movie coming out this week. I guess I'll go see it. It's like, yeah, that's how everyone found out about it. Like, what? That I didn't know about that. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine that's how they they released the new Batman. No trailer, no like announcements of casting. Just next week, it's like. By the way, Batman 2 comes out on Friday. It's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Who, who's no. playing Batman? It's like they're We're looking at one like, um, it's like they're just looking at when like musical artists drop like a CD without announcing it. They're like, if Eminem could surprise release now, we can surprise release a movie, right? He did it twice and it worked. We can do it too. I can see Marvel yeah. trying that shit at this point, just being like, by the way, Shang-Chi 2 and T minus five days. No, no, Get because. Excited. Your tickets now before they come up. You can't surprise drop a movie because with music, you go to Spotify, ooh, boom, there it is, free. But for a movie, I was like, oh shit, I gotta like 
make time to go see this movie now. If I had known a year ago this movie was going to come out today, I would have planned accordingly. Tell that to Cloverfield 3. There's mean, a it, wasn't, it wasn't great, but they dropped the trailer the day of the Super Bowl and said the movie comes out in three hours. What? There was a Clover... Wait, a what? I mean, yeah. it was a pretty shitty movie, but like it yeah, was, yeah. but like that's what that's the only time I've ever seen them like that actually happen where they just said, like, by the way, new Cloverfield movie after the Super Bowl. And everyone's like, What? And then on Netflix, it was there. Oh, the Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, gotcha. And then no one liked it and they never did it again. Yeah, it was terrible. That's the only franchise that keeps doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like cause it worked it worked for 10 Cloverfield Lane. It's like, oh, we can keep doing this. But then Cloverfield Paradox came out and they went, never mind. Overlord is not tied to Cloverfield, guys. We swear to God. I wish the Cloverfield guys would get more creative with it, though. Like, you know, they release a new iPhone and they don't tell anybody, but Cloverfield 4 is on there. And then, like, when you get your phone, you open it and there's one file and it's like Cloverfield The Reckoning or something. And you're like, oh. But that might backfire. Like when YouTube no. just gave everyone their new album, and everyone's like, "You don't want your new album, YouTube? Fuck off!" I'm not saying it's a good idea. I just think it'll be funny. This <laughs> during during like I don't know, like like uh like Wednesday at two o'clock during a fucking a Kia commercial, Ant Man <laughs> Quantumania starts playing in the middle of the of the all new Kia Sorento. I wish movies would just sneak up on you. Like some movies would just, you know, you'd be at, you know, you'd be watching the Country Music Awards, and that's when they drop the new Saw movie in the middle of this of the show. It's like you get the Saw movie, and then you get to finish the Country Music Awards, oh or on a flight. I would, I would miss it then because I don't watch the Country Music Awards. <laughs> One time only, no reruns. They never re-release it. You had that opportunity, and now it's gone. They do it on a flight. Thank you for choosing Delta. Now this this flight is two hours long. We're proud to present the all new Indiana Jones five. One one flight, and it's like to like Milwaukee, <laughs> and they never show it again. Not during busy season. In the middle of spring, <laughs> it's March. I want to live in that world. I would try so many. Like you'd hear, you'd hear a rumor, like like some you know so and so said that on this that on the Spirit Airlines flight to Tokyo. We're getting a new Superman movie. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> see this. <laughs> this is chaos. Yeah, and it's in Japanese, and there's no subtitles, so you've got a week to learn Japanese. <laughs> Instead of a Cactus Jack meal, <laughs> every one in a thousand Big Macs have a code on the bottom to go to a certain website to watch the new, I don't know, SpongeBob movie or something. God I'd love damn. if one in ten Big Macs had an actual DVD in the sandwich. <laughs> Me, meanwhile, this whole time, you two sitting off to Saigon. Man, what gives? We gave everyone an album. You guys got bad. Now you're just eating movies. And happy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do what you two did. No, that would be great. You two, Bono's just like, this whole time, all we had to do was give them a sandwich. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, guys. The new Indiana Jones movie is fine, but I can't fucking uninstall it from my new iPhone. Please. In all, in all fairness, that was a ballsy move on Bono's part that I don't think he thought through all the way when they did that. No, they did not think it all the way through. Not at all. 
they were, yeah, they were like, they are going to be so grateful to hear some new music from us. And this is going to be such a <laughs> gift. It's like, and did you hear like what Bruce Springsteen said recently about the $5,000 tickets for his concert on Ticketmaster? God, I'm no. sorry. He was, yeah, he was being criticized because to get Springsteen tickets is like five grand. That's a lot. And he was asked like, uh, what the fuck? And he said, like, he said something along the lines of like, when the show's over, if you're still complaining, like, then we'll talk about it. Basically saying like, I'm worth it. Yeah. Or you're not not 5g dude i don't think anyone is worth 5g there is not a single even gorillas my all-time favorite band there is no fucking way i will ever pay that amount of money to see them live for five 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 grand i, I don't mind doing triple digits sometimes depending on the seats and who i'm seeing but like i'm not going to the thousands no i just dropped a pretty penny to see uh billy joel and stevie nicks do a show one night only in arlington but even then like that wasn't you know crazy expensive it was it was pricey for me but it was like a one night only show but it wasn't thousands yeah that... i think the most i will spend on a music event and i mean like music event as in like festivals is like five hundred dollars max yeah if even that's it yeah even that's like that's steep for me because it's yeah. five hundred dollars plus like convenience charge and you know yeah. Bunch of shit, so it ends up being like six hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, especially if it's like a festival, then there's all the shit you're gonna get while you're there. And, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, I want to live in a world where movies sneak up on you and are released secretly, and you have to f- jump through a bunch of hoops to watch them because that would just be hysterical. Being you a film fan would be fucking work. Yeah, <laughs> I already don't like it. Keep listening until the end of this I have, podcast. I have to do effort to go see. Like, I don't like doing effort in general and i asked me to do it to go see a movie um I'm if you want to see eli roth's latest horror thriller you have to jump out of an airplane over the grand canyon fly through three specific hoops land at the tra- at the like you know reference center and watch it on their like you know welcome to the grand canyon tv screen yeah. Well, good thing i'm not watching this newest movie because he's not making a horror thriller anytime soon i just I, I feel like I would I would do it because I, I love movies so much. I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna be the fucking bear grills of watching films. <laughs> I'll just become a gamer. I'll just play my games and enjoy not doing that. Oh, okay. You know that uh, you know that internet thing, Cicada one three zero one or whatever the fuck it is. Nope. Uh, there's like a thing going around the internet. And it's like people think it's hiring for the CIA because you have to solve a lot of clues and oh. I did hear about that. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's actually tickets to see the new Justice League. That's what it is. You have to prove yourself <laughs> yeah. worthy to see this masterpiece. See Zack Snyder's Justice it's League. Snyder Peter. cut of three hundred. That's what it is. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh boy, this is fun. Oh, okay. So switching gears here. Batman Mask of the Phantasm is considered by many fans to be Kevin Conroy's finest hour as the Dark Knight. Conroy has played Batman more than any actor, beginning with Batman the Animated Series in 1992. Now, I'm going to list out all of his appearances as Batman, just so you guys can, I mean, you guys know, but the audience, just so you all can get a picture of how many times this man has played Batman. So, there was Mask of the Phantasm, 
and Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. There was cameos in Superman the Animated Series. Then he played older Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond. Various video games like Batman Vengeance and Batman Rise of Sinzu. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. The film Mystery of the Batwoman. Cameos in Static Shock. The Justice League and Justice League Unlimited series. The Arkham Game series. The film Justice League Doom. The game Injustice Gods Among Us and its sequel. The Flashpoint Paradox film. The Assault on Arkham film. The online games DC Universe Online and Infinite Crisis. The Killing Joke film. Batman and Harley Quinn film. The series Justice League Action, the Lego DC Supervillains game, Justice League versus the Fatal Five film, live action Bruce Wayne on CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths miniseries, and the upcoming Multiverses video game, which would be his final performance as Batman. Holy fuck. No wonder we all just collectively hear him as Batman. He touched us yeah. in every aspect uh, with really Batman. Did. Yeah. I've seen a good chunk of that stuff and he's yeah, just it's effortless. And I love that he would pop up for like cameos and other shows and video games and got to play him in live action once. It wasn't great, but he was there. I didn't know that he did the live action thing. That's weird. I don't like, I don't like it. It was I cool. I, I, I must say I liked it. I didn't, I didn't hate it. I liked it. I, I like, I thought it was weird that they made him like evil. That's well, I think you could tell they were kind of like I don't know, it was a different like take on it. It was there was some like Dark Knight Returns influence there on that one. Yeah. That whole thing could have been so much better, but you know, for what they had to work with. I liked it for what it's worth because it was a goddamn TV show that somehow pulled that off. Yeah, so that's, obviously a movie is going to do better, but that's what I'm saying, but just not as intense as you are. Is that his voice? Or is he changing it to do a Batman voice? That's his voice. <laughs> his like voice that. does not match his body at all. <laughs> Where, he, like, he, he he is just not voice Batman. He is Batman. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Batman. Yeah. And they went sure. to Gotham City. They pulled out Bruce Wayne. They renamed him Kevin Conroy. And he just started playing Batman. Uh, that's what the particle accelerator was for. They he went did not choose Batman. Batman chose him. That's fair. He came. He was birthed. He came out of the womb. He was like, I was was about to do an impression. I'm not going to do that. He was like, hello, mother. And they were like, oh, my God, Batman. They were like, name this baby. And he just goes, justice. Everyone's like, what the fuck? I like that. Like, instead of crying when he came out, he just went, I'm Batman. Ooh, I just pictured like a stoic. Like glaring baby, like no emotion, just like, like everyone's like, something's wrong with this kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's the man. He will eternally be Batman. His legacy will last forever. Uh, and I still got some stuff of his I want to see. Like I've yet to see, uh, Static Shock. I haven't watched that. I've yet to see um, Justice League versus the Fatal Five. I'll say there's some of those animated films I want to uh, I want to check out because I mean you're right like anytime it's gotten to the point that I found like reading something or Batman's ever mentioned hell even sometimes when I'm watching something about Batman I just put his voice in my mind if I'm replaying scenes from like The Dark Knight or something even though I know it's Christian Bale in my mind it's like Kevin Conroy's voice coming out of it I saw just, that's good it's just that good 
saw on YouTube a clip from the from the Dark Knight that had been animated, and it was the ending where you know he kills Harvey and decides to take the fall. And Kevin Conroy did the dialogue for for that. Like if, if it was a if it was a voice like a sound alike, it was a damn good sound alike. But I'm like ninety eight percent sure it was him doing Batman's like final dialogue from the Dark Knight, and it was fucking surreal. <laughs> That's oh. crazy. Yeah. He just he, he really proved that like I'm like, you know, again, I'm not trying to shit on Christian Bell because I do like the Dark Knight trilogy for the most part. Um, he didn't need to sound damn near indecipherable as Batman to like, be threatening and to be intimidating. Like you 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 clearly heard what he was saying, but because Conrad had such a booming presence with his voice and just like he held your attention, he had command of the room because of his his voice alone. He was terrifying off the bat alone with that. Off the bat. Nice. Also, I love the suit. I'm sorry, but the Batman animated series, the silhouette that he has when he's walking through and doesn't even look like he's moving, he's like floating. That's so fucking cool. The the fact that in the in the Mask of the Phantasm, when Batman, I assume it's his first time suiting up and Alfred hands in the cowl and he puts it on, he turns around and Alfred is like, oh fuck. That's so cool. He gets like scared of, of 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 the presence of Batman. That's so cool. My favorite suit until yeah. Robert Pattinson, unfortunately. It is great. I I just like like the the cape closed around him as he's just yes. kind of walking with no arms and he's just this bat thing. Like yeah, I love that. I love that when he narrows his eyes and you're like, oh, he's pissed. Yeah, <laughs> he's angry. Nope. Yeah, let's just be honest. Like Kevin Conroy's voice is Batman. He just always sounds angry. Like he's just like he's always ready to kick your ass. There was one movie. I don't. I don't think it was Mask of the Phantasm. It's a scene. I think it might have been Mystery of the Batwoman, where Batman's like, you know, infiltrating a house of a mob boss, and the a gangster opens the door, sees him. Oh yeah, and yeah. he just shakes his head. Yeah, and the guy's like, "Anything in there?" And the guy's just like. No boss and closes the door. Like, I'm not getting my spine broken today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, no, I, yeah, I love when they do those little things. I like in, you know, not that we keep, not that I keep being real, but the Batman guy. I love that opening scene when, like, the, the you know, the light comes on and you see the crew's like, dude, come on, get inside. We got to go. Like, the fucking dude, the bat dude's coming out. And, oh. um, His new theme with the footsteps in the shadows and the, all the criminals is watching. Oh my god! Yeah, amazing yeah. introduction. And, that, and that's what I'm talking about between this animated series and like that movie. We don't get that a lot where people are scared of Batman. Nolan did try to do it in his trilogy. I don't think he was as effective at it. I will say that was something that I don't think he was very effective with. Um, but that movie and then this series did such a great job of just like saying like, no, these criminals are scared because this is someone that comes in and beats the living shit out of them. And then just goes away <laughs> into the night. Yeah. I think um, just because of his voice in the animated series and just like what he brought to Batman as a character, he really brought out, I think, like the um, the darker tones and the, I don't want to say edgy, but he brought out like the, yeah, I guess he brought out the, the darker, edgier side of Batman, which I really like. And that's one of my favorite parts of Batman, that and the detective part of him but um he, like like i said he's he's a cold motherfucker 
it wasn't it's not the animated series i don't i don't don't even think it's kevin conroy but there's a there's a scene in one of his in the shows where he's talking to i think it's martian manhunter and it's like the first time they meet and he's like he's like hey my instincts are telling me to trust you but make no mistake I have a $75,000 sliver of radioactive moon rock to stop the one from Metropolis. For you, all I need is a penny to buy a book of matches. I was like, damn, dude. Oh, I was like, holy shit. shit. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> that's, that's fucking great. I love that Superman is intimidated by him. Like this literal god among mortals who can, you know, punch holes in reality is kind of scared of the rich kid in a mask because he just yes. knows how far Batman's willing to go to, you know, for his crusade. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's awesome. And without uh, without Kevin Conroy, we would have not have gotten the intimidating Batman, I don't think. Did y'all yeah. ever see Justice League Doom? No. That animated no. movie? Um, Rachel Ghoul, no, Vandal Savage gets a hold of Batman's contingency plan to take out the Justice League in case it ever came to that. And oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he wipes them all out, and like they cut, you know, they he gets them back, but it's so effective. He takes them all out in one fell swoop because Batman knows how to do that. And at the end of the movie, Superman asks Batman, like, "Well, what is your like? How do we stop? You know, what's your contingency plan for you?" And Batman just shrugs and he's like, "You are. (laughs) You're Superman. You're the contingency plan. If I go rogue, break me in half." (laughs) That's what again the. Their relationship is something that, again, fuck you, Snyder fanboys, was poorly explored in Batman v Superman. Because you have that. I mean, that's what I always loved with um, those two is that, like you said, Superman, again, not seen in fucking Batman v Superman, is a little bit scared of Batman. Like, this is a guy that he could easily crush, but just because of how well thought out Batman contingency plans are, he knows he has a plan to take me out. He will execute it. Well, Batman is also like, well, dude, you're my contingency plan. Like, if I go where you got to take care of me, like, you're more powerful than I am. Like, Batman's willing to admit that. Like, yeah, no, you're you could take me out easy. But also with a little bit of like, I shouldn't have to tell you this, Clark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Come on. I mean, well, with well, with prep time, Batman beats a lot of, if not everyone. But if Superman just one day was like. Man, I'm gonna kill Batman and just like walked up to him. He would, he'd, I mean, and yeah, I mean, Grant, that's the route Snyder went with his take on it. Was like, let's just go that route. I'm yeah, like, you do, de- you destroy the nuance of those two, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing about Batman is he is always in the midst of prep time, he's always yeah. prepping, just <laughs> yeah. in case anything could happen. So there is no like. He's always got prep time, even when he doesn't have prep time. Whenever, whenever me and my friends are like talking, we do the thing. It's like, hey, who, who'd win in a fight, Batman or this person? And there was like, with prep time, I'm like, bitch, Batman lives in prep time. That's yeah. <laughs> That's what he does for his free time. When we don't see him on camera, he's sitting going, Phew. all right, now I can tell you the traffic right. I've been working on. Yeah. yeah. He's putting, he's like creating weapons caches all throughout Gotham City just in case he gets stranded in the fucking narrows without his grapple gun. He's got one there just in case he's got, you know, he's stockpiling all the kryptonite and get his hands on so we can build some kind of like kryptonite shooter just in case a Kryptonian ends up in his path. It's all just in case. All ju- he has a back computer in a Taco Bell toilet in case he eats a five layer burrito, gets food poisoning, runs to the bathroom and Joker comes in there guns blazing. He's like, shit, I got to be Batman now. 
I believe it. He probably does. Puts on the bat suit. Like how there was a moment of silence before we agreed with that. Well, I'm just thinking of like I feel like even Joker would be like, "It's all right, I get it. Take your time. We'll resume battle when you're when you're done there." Yeah, I imagine like Doctor Tuesday. I got it. Imagine if geocaching existed in the world of Batman. Just some geocacher accidentally finds one of Batman's stashes. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Batman shows up. No, no, don't touch that. That's mine. Put it back. Yeah, he immediately is like, something's wrong at cash number 438. And he just goes. <laughs> <laughs> He's the shit off a geocacher without even thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, God. How long, how long do you think it would take Batman to solve an escape room? He'd probably walk in and be like, all right, this is what we do. It's like, no, no, ba- Bruce, the time hasn't started yet. It's like, no, no, I know, but this is how you get out. Yeah. He'd either take out the explosive gel and just blow a hole in the wall. Yeah, that's fair. Or he'd be like, you know, he'd solve it in three seconds. And then Robin would tell Superman, like, Wayne Enterprises designed this escape room. <laughs> like, Dude, the explosive gel. I think I've said it before. I want to eat it. You think, like, the, the sound it makes when he's spraying it and then, like, the, 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 the sound of, the, of it foaming up as it hardens. I want to eat it. I want to eat it before it explodes. Preferably, I don't want it to explode while it's in my body, but I want to eat it. Plastic explosive. This is a boy scenario where you're going to happen. It's not whipped cream, buddy. (laughs) I know it's plastic explosive. I still want to eat it. Okay. Well, uh, you think like people, you think like the, the Justice League just don't like taking Batman out on like, group activities like mandatory fun days or like do we need to take him well as we see in the justice league cartoon he always pulls the i'm not actually a member fuck you i don't have to do anything card whenever there's some kind of team building exercise is he not a member technically not he is like he helped found the justice league but he calls himself a part-timer so that he never has to admit he's part of a team he's there whenever they need him but he's not coming to the barbecue which Okay, let me let me say this. Okay, I'm a huge Batman fan. I love Batman. Okay, he's my second favorite superhero. Spider Man's number one, obviously. If they ever team up, my God, I would have a field day. But he's still a fucking guy. The fact that the Justice League have to be like, hey man, can you help us out? Is fantastic. <laughs> it is awesome. I mean, you've got you know. You've got an Am- you've got an Amazonian goddess. You've got the fastest man alive. You've got a Martian who's nigh indestructible. You've got Superman, and they're all like, "I think we need some help." We somebody <laughs> call Batman. <laughs> Can someone get Bruce put on the suit, please? Half of them don't know he's Bruce Wayne. Like that comes nice. up in the cartoon too. Like there's a moment where the Flash is like, "I don't even know who you are," and Bruce. Bruce is like, oh my god. And he like finally tells him because it's a, a crucial to the moment. And everyone's like, what? Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Which, <laughs> come on, it's fucking obvious, dude. Come on, come on. <laughs> Especially in the Nolan trilogy. Like, look like, at his battle ranks. It has the Wayne symbol on it. I assure you. He bought you everything like, um, through his company. <laughs> yeah. You think like um, before they they knew it was him, like the justly just talk shit about Bruce Wayne all the time for whatever reason, and <laughs> just sitting there going, "That that happened. Cover, that happened cover. too. That happened too in a Justice League cartoon. I think uh, Flash, like Bruce Wayne, came up, and Flash is like, 
you think he's really like a good guy? I mean, nobody could be that rich and that good. And Batman's like, some people may surprise you. <laughs> and, yeah, it's I love that. Yeah, that it's show Wonder played with those ideas so well. Wonder Woman starts making fun of like his sexualized creation by probably doesn't even please the woman. Batman's just like, I swear to God. <laughs> In the cartoon, <laughs> Batman shit. turns down Wonder Woman's uh, sexual advances. Like she's into him, and he's like, "It wouldn't work. We're co-workers, Diana." Batman <laughs> does, but yeah. so Batman says it wouldn't work with a I'm sorry. Wow. What if he like he threw himself and he's like, "Look, we're co-workers, but I know a guy," and then he just runs out and he comes back in as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's, all right, so let's go into some details of Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, it has an IMDb score of 7.8, letterbox score of 4.0 out of 5. Phenomenal. And a Rotten Tomatoes score of 86%. Critics' consensus reads, Stylish and admirably respectful of the source material, Mask of the Phantasm succeeds where many of the live-action adaptations have failed. Yeah, right on the money. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We could also argue with many of the, yeah, at least the Joel Schumacher films at that time. They hadn't happened yet. Nobody knew that was the next step. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got the Burton films, which are pretty well received. You got this movie, which everyone loved. And then we got Batman Forever. I kind of like, no one knew that was the next evolution. Yeah, they're like, Bat 93, like, you know, animated series is on. Master of the Phantasm just came out. I bet fans were like, Batman has never been in such a good place. I can't wait to see what we get next. My God, this movie was fantastic. But he needs more nipple. I wish I could watch Batman forever. And Joel Schumacher is like, you know what? I got you. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. I can't wait for the next dark turn this character takes. And Joel Schumacher's like, ha! That's As soon as Val Kilmer goes, I'll get drive-through. Everybody was like, fuck. I'm sorry, but that's my favorite line in the entire movie because of that exact reason. You put on a Batman movie, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, Batman. I'll get drive through. No! No, you won't! How does that work? One, your car can't fucking fit through the lane. Second you of all, know they're going to see you, Batman, getting fast food. No, you're not going to get drive through. Uh, I would love, would. though, if like in the next scene when he goes to like take out Two-Face, he opens the car, like, he opens the car door and you don't... Like it's not there's no attention ground to it, but you just see like a Burger King bag in the yeah. passenger seat. <laughs> oh, that would be fucking great. I do think his car would fit in the drive through because it's durable like that. Here's and the question too, though. I love the idea of Batman getting fast food on the way to your crime. Does Batman wait in line or does he does he, he waits in line? Batman car? I feel and like he he, he wait, waits wait. in line. He just sits there and is like, All right, well, well, I really want Burger King today, so I'm waiting. He waits in line. Everyone else sees him. It's like, oh, fuck no. You go ahead, man. Please. Yeah, I'm not going to be the guy waiting, you know, getting my burger in front of Batman, taking up his I, valuable time. What's I would be I would be that guy. I'm like, what's he going to do? I'm not a criminal. Fuck off, Batman. I'm getting my food first. Exactly. What if Riddler decided he wanted a burger at that same time and he's just like, oh, come on. It's funny because, you know, Batman has to have his favorite pizza place. After fighting crime, after a long night, he's tuckered out. He's sweaty. He's like, fuck, I want a slice, but I don't want to change. So he goes into the pizza place, still in the Batman get up. 
there's probably oh. a couple of Red Lagoon Red Lagoons in the back getting some pizza. They're like, please. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> Carry on. I'm on this like, there's a truce at the pizza place. <laughs> yeah. He is What's, like, that? What's that? Ham and pineapple? Looks good. <laughs> he is like, like, no, no, no. I'm off the clock. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I how smelly, like, you think how smelly that suit gets like every night when he takes it off at the end of the day? It's just like a fucking stench of BO. Yeah. Alfred's entire life is washing leather or not leather, rubber. His whole, like, that's all he does is he washes aggressively stanky rubber. I was like, that shit stinks. Like, you're fighting crime, you're getting stinky. Like, th- it, that smells staying in there until you take that headpiece off and it's just like. <laughs> My favorite live action Bruce Wayne moment is in Batman Returns because just for a second, he's the rich boy asshole. And it's when he's looking over research about Penguin and Alfred brings him dinner. He takes a bite and he spits it out. And he's like, it's cold. It's cold. <laughs> yeah. And Alfred's like, it's supposed to be cold. He <laughs> just put, I love that Bruce Wayne's like, oh, what the fuck, Alfred? My dinner's cold. Yeah. <laughs> One job, pal. I was looking at Alfred's like, you wanted a sandwich for dinner. How about you shut the fuck up and eat my sandwich? Um, don't ask questions. But I went ahead and I googled Batman eating pizza. And I just had a revelation. I'm sorry, Batman had a team up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. What the is. fuck is this? A few years yeah. ago, that movie, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Oh my god, that's great. Of course he ate pizza in that. <laughs> of course he did. Oh boy. So, despite its critical acclaim, Phantasm would only gross 5.6 mil on a budget of 6 million. So, didn't quite make its budget back. It later became financially successful on VHS, but the damage was already done, and Warner Brothers just didn't see any potential profit in any more animated theatrical releases. Thankfully, they didn't just we're, shut down the animated division because that's what Zaslav would do. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Zaslav would have just canned the movie entirely before it even got released, as we saw with Scoob, prequel film, whatever it was called. And Batgirl. Yeah, and Batgirl. He just said, no, no one else. I don't like it. No one needs to see it. It's It's gone. A girl superhero? The hell you say? No one's going to watch you. it. An animated... Skew prequel that's supposed to hit HBO Max? Why would I put stuff on my streamer? Ew. You no, you I only want movies and theaters with straight white men. I want mm. asses in seats. Give that to me now. <laughs> so so we have this really awesome movie. It's gonna be diverse. We have a gay male character. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on there. You lost me at diverse. Start again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try this again. Uh, the keywords I think you're looking for, young man, are white. Hang on. Is he straight? Is he white? Is he a guy? Is he 50? Is he me? I'll take it. <laughs> oh ah. All right. You see a Let's bunch talk. of screamers just throwing out scripts like, ah, oh, shit. Well, can't get, can't do this one. <laughs> oh, God. I can't imagine having to cater to that kind of. I mean,. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are definitely a thing in the Harley Quinn animated show. Obviously, like, 100%. Yeah, somehow that show has survived. Yeah, that was 
yeah, somehow that I don't think Zaslav knows about that show. That's the only explanation. Nobody told him about I it. <laughs> I think people have learned if we don't, they're like, hey, look, if we don't say anything. Yeah, I don't think he's he's not going to the movies. He sure as shit is not watching HBO Max. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. But that show was really good. It has, it has a really good, you know, like woman empowerment. Yeah, Harley Quinn's really fantastic. Oh, that's yeah. a great show. And then somehow a Christmas story, of Christmas slipped through the cracks. Got HBO Max release. So I don't think they're telling him everything. I think they're like, hey, if we don't tell him everything, <laughs> still get released. He probably they probably just told him, hey, a Christmas story is coming out, and he's like, probably, <laughs> and didn't tell them it was a sequel. There you go. I heard it's actually pretty good. I'm gonna watch it uh, soon. Wait, yeah. there's a sequel to a Christmas story. Yep, it's called A Christmas Story Christmas. Came out on HBO Max, and it's got the entire, most of the original cast as adults. What? Yeah. Technically, it's the third film, because there's an actual Christmas Story 2 that exists. No, there's not. Yes, there is. There's not. Never happened. Yes. Don't you pull that shit, because if you You type Christmas Story on HBO... Show me the evidence. Yeah, type Christmas Story on HBO Max, and it pops up. I'm not typing shit. Yeah, A Christmas Story 2, 2012. Right here. Thank you, Nelson. Doesn't exist. Go fuck yourself, Connor. Nope. I'm going. You know, now I know what I'm putting on me on the bed. Um, the guy that plays Marv is the dad. Oh, you don't I, like it? Okay, no. I, 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 no, he doesn't like it. He's trying to erase it. You know, it exists. So get the hell, get the hell over yourself. Oh my god, this is so cool. There's a sequel. <laughs> hey, that's Ralphie as a man. Yeah. So there's actually three films. It's the original classic. There's the ill conceived Christmas story two, and now there's this actual. One they made called a Christmas story Christmas. Actually, there's four. What's the other one? Oh, so oh. I want to admit the existence of others. Snyder cut. No, there was a, a like an official sequel in like the '90s that's not called a Christmas story. It's called My Summer Story. Yeah, it's Ralphie's like. Oh summer. yeah, yeah. So there's been two shitty sequels. And, yeah, two shitty sequels and apparently this really good new one point is look Zaslav, raging psychopath who is clearly wanting to go back to ways that don't exist anymore in Hollywood and we on Filmgasm support diversity and all that um, all our good more progressive stuff for film so that's the key to take away from this Zaslav is a monster and I keep hoping we have a Disney moment with him where Warner Bros finally just gets rid of him and reinstates old blood we'll see well maybe not old blood young blood it's gonna be old blood. All they got is old blood. Um, so let's talk some details on Phantasm. Um, so I watched this on HBO Max. I'm assuming you guys did too. Yep, I did. Yeah, the same service that has a Christmas story too. Yes. Did you notice the yeah. dedication to Kevin Conroy? I did. Yeah. Yeah, that was very sweet. Is it on on everything or just the Mask of the Phantasm? I, I I haven't watched everything. I'm assuming it's on everything he was a part of. Mm. That's what I would do. Um, one thing that gets overlooked with the animated series and with this movie is the score. A lot of people think it's just Danny Elfman doing more music. It's not. It's Shirley Walker building on Elfman's score as a yep. foundation and creating her own version of Batman. And I fucking love the music of the animated series. It's so triumphant. Brought tears to my eyes this time because he's oh, gone. Triumphant, like the planned <laughs> third Joel Schumacher film that never happened. Could have gotten Nick Cage as the Scarecrow. They took that away from us. Yeah, just like they took away him playing fucking Joe Exotic. I don't seem to always get what I want with Nicholas 
Cage. He's got some shitty cowboy movie coming out in January. You can watch that. I don't know. I want him to play a gay Oklahoman <laughs> tiger wrangler. Yeah, we're getting Dracula. I'll take it. <laughs> I will take that. I just I really wanted to see what Cage would have done with that. That would have been awesome. Would have. But yeah, Shirley Walker's music is is phenomenal, and I, oh, she yeah. doesn't get enough credit. Nobody ever talks about her when it comes to Batman music. So we are good job. Yes, <laughs> I love that it all has the same sound mm-hmm. like the, like the um i don't know what you call it in music but like there's like uh not the theme but it's like i guess it is like his theme or something mm-hmm. it's like the da, 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 da. it's like in every fucking batman thing ever so i like heard that and i was like oh my god is this danny elfman looked up nope no it's not and i was like oh shit okay wow Danny Elfman did the opening credit, the opening credits to animated series, because that's the the theme from the Burton Batman. But mm-hmm. all the other music is Shirley Walker. Yeah. Um, when we first meet the Phantasm, um, he's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's it's great. Just this, you know, fog rolls in, this deep voice is like, you have sinned, and just yeah, I, I can never quite understand how like how is she teleporting? How is like how does that work? But yeah, whatever. Magic. Sure. Yeah. And there's like legitimate death in this movie. You don't see that in a lot of kids' cartoons, but Batman all the fucking time. No. Look, Batman may not want to admit it, but he murders. I played the Arkham games. You're not surviving some of those hits. He 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 dishes out. You can't punch a guy in the skull off a roof and then say you don't kill people. You can't throw a razor sharp boomerang into their face and say, "I don't murder." No, or especially when you hit like um the Arkham Knight one with the Batmobile, and he's like having moments where he starts like revving the tire like right near their face. Mm-hmm. You can't, yeah, you can't sit there and be like, "Oh no, he doesn't kill." It's like, dude, I love just driving over bodies. I mean, that alone is like you're just running people over in that game. You can say you're like zapping them with the crowd control, but no, your tires hit spine. They're dead. Mm-hmm. They're dead. They are dead. Uh, also, the cops are immediately like, Batman's killing people. And Gordon's like, I'm not dealing with this. He's not like, I got to yeah. clear my friend's name. He's just like, this isn't my problem. Because he's probably fucking done it so many times. He's probably sick of it. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> Bullock's just waiting for, for a reason. He fucking hates Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Gordon's like, look, I I don't care. I'm out. Yeah, and then we don't see him again. <laughs> um, I love when uh, Buzz gets um attacked in the in the uh cemetery. It's an angel statue. Cr- like he gets crushed by an angel statue. <laughs> that was aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. I was like, oh, well, okay. There we go. That's a death. Yeah. Um, and a big chunk of this movie is exploring uh, Bruce's first attempt at vigilantism and that coinciding with meeting the love of his life, Andrea Beaumont, played by uh, Dana Delaney, who impressed their uh, impressed the talent at Warner Brothers so much. They later cast her as Lois Lane in the Superman cartoon. So pretty cool. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, no, I do like how uh, and I quite know that this is probably the only Batman property that really explores the theme of love you don't get that a lot in batman because um if we're being honest a lot of it's quite hopeless (laughs) 
it's yeah. like an ongoing theme throughout Batman's uh, stories. It's true. Um, the, you know, he was born in the he was born in darkness. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I real quick aside, is it a little? I, I think it's a little annoying that ever since the Dark Knight Rises, every fucking depiction of Bane has sounded like that. Yeah, I don't like that. I love. I'm sorry, but I, I really like the the version of Bane from the, um. Fuck, is it Batman or Robin? Batman or Robin oh. or Batman Forever? Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I get that you confused through the same in my eyes. You like Bane? That's that's Wait, your Bane. Let's, yeah. let's hold up here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I like the Bane from I like the Bane from the Arkham games a lot. Yeah, that's a good Bane. Okay, there. I was about to yes. forgot. No, I was say, joking. God, that Bane is fucking awful. Are you kidding me? Jesus Christ. Bane and Batman Robin, the fan of Bane. <laughs> Come Bane. At me. That dude played um, Bane so hard, his fucking heart exploded. Did it really? Are you serious? Well, I, he he had a serious roid problem, and that his heart exploded. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I actually quite like. I know we make the jokes about the voice. I actually do really like Tom Hardy's take on Bane quite a bit. I do too, voice, but I just the it's voice annoying how like Doug Benson's like version of that has become the voice of Bane going forward. Yeah. I do. I really like the version of Bane and Harley Quinn because I love how just no one likes him. What is he <laughs> yeah. trying to get back constantly? His his pasta maker or something? Yeah, yeah, pasta maker. <laughs> oh, like, guys, please. <laughs> I feel like no one, no the like the the Legion of Doom guys like him. They're just like, oh my god, Bane. <laughs> um, so. Bruce being in love is like, well, maybe I don't have to be miserable my whole life. Maybe I don't have to, you know, honor the promise I made to my dead parents. And he tries to get out of that. It's like, it's a little cold, but also it's like, yeah, you know, it's your life. But he says something that really got to my heart where he says, I didn't count on being happy. Yeah. Man, he just assumed he's going to be miserable his whole life. He was going to be alone. And then when that doesn't happen, he's like, now I don't know what to do. He assumed he was always going to be a, a goth teenager, like an emo kid, and never grow out of that face. Just always, you guys suck. Ford's, the Life sucks. It's full of darkness. And then the lady entered, and he got, got out of that face, and he went, life is full of rainbow and butterflies. Why did I ever think this? Whenever he's like, I'm alone, and I have no one, I'm always like, you really don't even see Alfred as a person, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Bro, you have Alfred. What do you mean? Like, Alfred quite literally is at your beckoning. And I... all you see is a made bed and laundry put away and a meal at your desk at the end of the day. You don't even see who's holding any of that shit, do you? How dare he? You think sometimes he, like, he doesn't even, he forgets to call Alfred by his name. He just calls him by some random name. I hear. I bet Alfred hears "Hey you" a lot. Hey you. Oh, sorry, I forgot your name, peasant. Oh, I saw this fucking funny ass thing, and it was a. Uh, I I thought I every, when I saw it, I thought of Bruce Wayne. It was um a thing on, uh, it was like a tweet, and it said, uh, it said, "Am I out of touch with the common man?" I say to my butler, and then it says, "It says my butler replies, probably, sir." As he says this, I choke on my aged tawny port. <laughs> and he slaps me on the back to try to get me to stop choking, and I and then he, it says like uh, it says don't touch me without your gloves. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Um, 
I just wanted uh, to double check. Um, something in the way the song that's in the Batman, the new yeah. Batman, yeah. um, released in 1991, and he said that the animated series takes place in '94. So this Batman listens to uh, to that song. You know, well, he does. I bet. Yeah, Nirvana's at the top of his grunge play. No one's more grunge than Bruce Wayne in the '90s. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not a flannel bat suit. He hates <laughs> hair metal. Grunge was everything. Grunge and new metal. He made the new metal phase. Yeah, he did. No. You think Alfred has ever had the balls to ask for a raise? I mean, if anybody no. deserves it and could negotiate it, it's Alfred. Think he's getting paid? <laughs> I wonder if that's what he's like, you know, sir, I would love a living wage if that would be possible, Seth. <laughs> I'm sir, sure yeah, he, gets, he gets paid, I'm sure. Batman, what if like Bat- like, you get to touch Batman's codpiece. Isn't that living a wage enough, Alfred, old buddy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if like Bruce Branch is like, Alfred, you're like a father to me. Yeah, well, you haven't paid me, so I would hope that I have that much. Bruce. <laughs> Silly, Alfred, you don't pay your parents for being a father. <laughs> Go get my dinner <laughs> and wash my codpiece. No, <laughs> it's quite smelly. I forgot to sharp fry one out there tonight. I saw a funny one. It was uh, Bruce is like, the sandwich is disgusting, Alfred. And Alfred's like, do you know what happened to the last man who, or do you know what I did to the last man who said that about my cooking? Bruce is like, what hired a gunman to kill him and his wife outside a movie theater? Oh my god, <laughs> oh my. no. I like that like uh a lot of like Batman lore is going out of its way to make uh uh Alfred as badass as possible, like the Gotham show and then the stupidly fucking titled Alfred TV show. I will not say that whole title. Pennyworth? There well, you they go. Changed it. It's now Pennyworth, the story yeah. of Batman's butler. Oh my god. Yeah, oh, it's it's yeah. Like they're going all the way like, hey guys, look, he was more than a butler. He killed people. He was a soldier. Oh. He was a badass that somehow became a butler. <laughs> to be fair, he is Batman's rock. You know, he's the only family he has. Batman couldn't do what he could do without Alfred. Batman should totally train him better. That's all we're saying. Like, we're not discrediting any of that. We're Bruce Wayne. Bruce Batman Wayne can bench press like 1,500, 3,000 pounds. He can go toe to toe with Superman. He's the smartest man on earth. I guarantee you, he has no fucking clue how to make a bed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know who does it willingly, day in and day out? Motherfucking Alfred. I love the scene where like Alfred's calling Bruce on some shit, and Bruce just goes, You think you know everything about me, don't you? And Alfred's like, I diapered your bottom, sir. I ought to. He's the only one who gets to pull the I wiped Batman's ass card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that well, that's what I've always liked about Alfred is that when Bruce does try to come at him. Oh my god, Alfred just sasses him right back. Well, well yeah, because fuck you, dude. <laughs> I raised you. Yeah, Alfred's like, no, nah, you don't talk to me like that. I will destroy you. I helped him. you. Because Alfred like helped him through the hardest time of his life. Alfred has been there for Bruce. Yeah. And I think why in like the newest one with Pattinson, it kind of hurt when like I, I yeah. Pattinson said the line he did. Oh yeah, when he was like, you're not my father or something like that. And you see like that just quiet that look on his face, like he had nothing to say to that. And you're like, I thought oh, they were going to go through with, with killing Alfred. I thought they were really going to like, I was, with, yeah, I was upset. I was like, they killed Alfred, but I know 
And you, I did. I even cried. Why did we saw a reaction from Bruce Wayne of like, "Oh shit, they're about to kill my butler." Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he is basically his father. Like, he's always got. So if he ever pissed off Alfred royally, and Alfred went to the cops, this is all over in like two hours. Dude, I know. <laughs> yeah, you think Alfred would mind some of that? Anytime he tries to argue with him, he's like, you know, I could just go to the cops. I hey, have so yeah. much incriminating evidence. There's a convincing fan theory that Alfred is the Joker. No. Yeah, that he Alfred, made up the, Alfred, he made up the Joker to give Batman something to fight for. Fuck you. First of all, you are a mass murderer, Alfred. Fuck you. What are you doing? First of all, you don't when you're practically you know practically your son is going through it. You don't fucking create a supervillain. You say no, no. We go to therapy. Uh, overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I love the idea of like Bruce Wayne coming back after like nine hours Batman and just Alfred taking the damn makeup off. He's, yeah. he's got one sleeve and a purple jacket. Half his face is white. And he's just like <laughs> deer in the headlights. <laughs> turns off the lights real quick and hopes that Bruce didn't see anything. <laughs> Alfred, stop fucking around and <laughs> do the laundry. Alfred, why don't I have a sandwich yet? <laughs> he didn't even look him in the eye. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he didn't notice because he never looks Alfred in the eye. You look right through me, sir. <laughs> Are you saying something, Alfred? He's just Alfred, starts talking, like, he starts talking like Joker randomly around him just to test it. <laughs> Bruce doesn't look up from his paper. He's just like, I don't hear a sandwich with that tone, Alfred. <laughs> It's Tuesday. Taco Tuesdays, Alfred. Come on. <laughs> okay, but back to the movie. Um, Joker, I love when Sal, whatever is Sal Italian name, goes to talk to Joker. And his Joker's like, I got you. No one's going to hurt my pal Sal. And then in the next scene, he's dead with a smile on his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phantasm's like, this is weird. Didn't expect this. What's the What's a Joker? Now Joker's like, guess who's going to war with you? <laughs> I like that. He's like, he takes it personally. Yeah, I like how Joker is, again, just, you know, the, the clown prince of crime, right? Agent of chaos. Like, he does not need to get involved in this at all. He could have literally just killed the guy and then moved on. But he's like, you know what? I got nothing better to do. I'm going to kill this guy. And then I'm going to insert myself into this situation because that means I get to mess with bats. That's half his entire life is I don't need to, but I want to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he hears, oh, this is something involving Batman, so I could mess with him, I'm absolutely inserting myself into it. I, I do love when Sal like put, like grabs Joker and Joker's like, get your hands off of me. <laughs> like so all of a sudden it's it's real. <laughs> um so Andrea Beaumont is the phantasm, and uh if you saw this in '93, you were shocked. Unless you bought the officially licensed toy of the Phantasm, which came oh un- came unmasked, <laughs> and this is why I don't look at any of the toys and stuff because I hear that happens a lot. But Funkos, obviously, it happened with Black Panther, with Connor Forever, apparently. You know, I mean, let's be okay, honest. But if you, we know who was going to take on the mantle. If, if yeah, if if you didn't know that she was going to be the new Black Panther, what do you what are you doing? Yes, yeah, well, next I mean, in line. That's how lineage works in a in a. I forgot that monarchy. King, monarchy. Thank you. It's it's been a long day. Jesus. Um, 
But that's why it's that's why I try to avoid like when they're like, "Hey, check out the new toy." I'm like, "Nope," because you're going to ruin the goddamn movie before I go see it. It's true. Um, I love seeing Joker get kicked in the balls. That's always a satisfying moment. That was great. Yeah. Um, I laughed my ass off when he called her Smokey the Babe. Yep, that was fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. And yeah, I don't understand how she's teleporting. Like she has the power to just like, you know, like when she disappeared and like the like knife or whatever went right through her. Like how the fuck is she doing that? Uh, I know that she became a major comics comic character after this. I wonder if the comics, you know, expand on that concept. She's only got one other appearance in the DC animated universe, and that's in an episode of Justice League Unlimited. Where it's revealed that in the future, Amanda Waller hired her to kill Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond's parents, and she couldn't go through with it. So she stays the Phantasm, like that's her. Yeah, she just hangs around, like she's like eighty in that in that show, but she's still the Phantasm. Pretends to have one hand. I was looking at every character in the movie. I was like, I was like, all right, who has one hand? And then I was like, oh, it's fake. That's fucking lame. Yeah. Um, she disappears with the Joker after he blows up the like mini Gotham like amusement park place he's at. And Bruce is just like, well, you know, I, I tried. Here's looking at you, kid. And I guess I, guess I got to be Batman now. Fate chose oh. for me. I looked at love and I embraced it and said, and then love said, not today, son. Not today. Oh, my God. Love kicked Joker in the balls and vanished in a cloud of smoke. So, guess it's time to go kick some ass. I am, <laughs> I am all out. I'm here to kick ass and find love, and apparently I'm out of love, so kick ass it is. I'm here to kick ass and find love, and apparently I'm out of love. That's so sad. <laughs> that is Batman. Oh, boy. Here are some filmgasm facts for Mask of the Phantasm. Number one, Mark Hamill, who voices the Joker and is the definitive greatest Joker we've ever had, come at me, um, went to a screening at a local theater and, during the film. He competes with Heath Ledger. He competes with Heath Ledger. No, he me, fucking, no, no. Hamill no. eclipses Ledger. I'm sorry, but yeah, no. No, they, they, they compete. They're both really good. He's great. Hamill is godlike when it comes to the joker it, it, he's so perfect it's crazy i i don't see anyone else on his level at all some teeth ledger i I'm, i love heath ledger as the joker i do heath ledger's good yeah but, but hamill I, is i like hamill better you're right yeah. it, it, i like Leto's you're right for me it goes it goes hamill phoenix and then mark and then um heath ledger Really? That. Reverse it. <laughs> huh? Hold on. Now I gotta be with Connor on this one. Really? Phoenix over Ledger? Yes. Ooh. What? Yeah. We don't have time to unpack all of that, but <laughs> we're gonna talk about this later. Yeah, this seems to be talked about. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Mark Hamill went to a local theater during the film's theatrical release. There were only a few people there, and he asked them to sit with him before the film started. <laughs> It's just like he went to see it and nobody was there. And he's like, there's some people. Maybe they'll be friends. 
That's Hi guys, of... I'm the voice of the Joker. How's it going? I was also in a little movie called Star Wars. Do you want to watch this with me? <laughs> Did I sit with you? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, if I was sitting in a theater and a celebrity came up and said, hey, can I sit with you? No one else. I'd be like, yes. I don't. I, my I first question would be like, what's the catch? Like, I'd be looking around for the camera. I'd be looking for Ashton Kutcher hiding behind a seat. I'd be yeah. like, what's going on here? He doesn't do punk anymore. That's what, that's, you know, that's, I wouldn't be, it's the perfect cover for yeah. doing it. Like, the show's been discontinued, but he still does that shit. If anything, thanks to Chackass Forever, I'd be worried that the Chackass guys are still, are still kicking ideals. I'd be worried somebody was going to come up behind me with a glass of water, fling it in my face, and punch me with the other hand. <laughs> um, Number two. While the film is being written, uh, Paul Dini, who is handling many of the Joker scenes, the guy who created Harley Quinn, we talked about him earlier, he was attacked and beaten by two muggers and had to undergo reconstructive surgery on his skull. He spent, oh my God. Yeah, he got fucked up. He spent several months recuperating from the attack, physically and emotionally, and as a result, he almost backed out of the film and almost backed out of the series. He almost was like, I can't work anymore. I gotta, I gotta, I can't do this. Uh, he ended up going back to work. He later wrote a graphic novel on his experience titled Dark Knight, A True Batman Story. So Paul Denny got fucked up, almost lost his spark, found it again, and all was well. Damn. Yeah. And number three, this was Kevin Conroy's personal favorite Batman film, both of his own work and in general. This was his favorite. I found that out after I picked it for this tribute episode. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, great taste, let me say. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it wrong to say, like, your favorite something was something you were in? I don't think so. No. I, don't think, I mean, look, I literally just read an article today of Quentin Tarantino naming his favorite film he's directed, so, no. I don't True, know. but, like, if you ask Tarantino his, like, favorite film of all time, and he says Pulp Fiction, <laughs> is that... Is that kind of fucked up? Yes and no. What did he say? Both. Oh, he he said uh, once upon a time in uh, Hollywood. Yeah, most okay. his best. Even though I mean, granted, it's not my personal favorite, but hey, Tarantino likes that film the best out of his work. So he's got so he many masterpieces. Like I could, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Conroy loved Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, film is yeah. followed by 1998's Batman and Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero, which I think is just as good. That's an awesome watch. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I haven't. I, my, my, I've, I'm so limited on like the animated films because they have put out so many of these. Um, so I'm not as well versed in a whole bunch of the animated films as I should be, but I've seen a couple and what I do watch, I've really liked. I think the only one I didn't really get into was I wasn't too into the killing joke. Um, but besides that, I've liked a lot of the ones I've watched. I just there's so many, it's hard to keep up. Well, Sub Zero is the definitive Mr. Freeze movie, like, he actually gets some depth and it's a great story and really good. Uh, Barbara Gordon story, too. Like, it's a good movie. Nice, yeah. I give Mask of the Phantasm an eight, it's a solid Batman movie. Jump started the DC animated film universe, which has consistently churned out great work ever since. And it's an awesome character study into the mind of Bruce Wayne. So, yeah, I think it's great. 
Yeah, I give it a I give it an eight as well. Um, this is a very solid movie. That I mean, admittedly, it did take me a minute to realize. Oh shit, we're alternating between two different timelines. <laughs> like, it did, it did take me a minute because maybe just does it, and I'm like, oh oh. But once I got on board with that, like, and I understood what they were going for, <laughs> I really got into it. Like I said, it was refreshing to have like a more hopeful um story for batman like and you know looking at like the theme of love and stuff like that you don't get a lot of that with batman and it's really other than you know the recent film the recent live action one the only one that has really taken time to explore both obviously the character and the fear of batman but also the humanity of bruce wayne like you don't get that a lot so yeah i give it an eight uh i give it a nine uh, I gave it a nine because I gave the Batman a ten, and I feel like this is, you know, like I've already said, this is the sequel to the Batman. So um, I thought it was really good. It explores everything that I like about Batman: his moodiness, his, um, you know, being an actual detective. It's feeling like a Scooby Doo mo- uh, movie, which I really, really like, and the music is great. And I just, I love older cartoons something about the hand-drawn style like that i just i love it so much it brings me back memories of watching like teen titans and other shit like that with my dad so yeah i give it a nine nice also i'm pretty sure there's a batman meets scooby-doo crossover so you may not be too outlandish and oh my god is there comparing them because i'm almost positive there was a batman scooby-doo crossover there was (laughs) that's great (laughs) That's not a real phantasm. It's a man in a mask. And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you. Or a woman. Kids. Or a woman. Yeah. All inclusive here. I'm sorry. Or who who needed help? The mystery or... gang or Batman? Because. Who, who called, called Who called, who called who? I didn't see it. I. Okay. I was going to say Adam I West. Know, Batman, I, so know, I like... know it exists. I haven't seen it. Okay. I think Scooby Doo is like you know the team's investigating something. Batman happens to be investigating the same thing, and they're like, "Why don't we pull our resources?" Sure, kids, you look like you. I don't yeah, know. Sure, kids and the dog. That. I don't usually work with the team, but you guys are groovy. I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure Batman was probably adamant about not helping at first. I hope Superman heard him say that and was like, "You asshole." <laughs> Like you'll work with four potheads and a talking dog, but not us. <laughs> he did that on purpose. He was actually on the phone with Superman while the mystery when the mystery game showed up, and he was like, "Hold on, put the phone away." He was like, "Yeah, I'll work with you guys." It was all a joke. He was ta- he, he's in the middle of the phone call telling Superman, "I don't work with others. I will not join the Justice League." He, he hold on, there's people. Oh yeah, sure, I'll join your team. Four kids and a dog. Let's do this. I gotta go, Clark. Superman's in the watchtower. He hangs up. You fucking won't believe what this asshole just said. <laughs> the bad guy turns out to be Superman in a mask. <laughs> Superman, why'd you do this? I just want you to work with us and come yeah. to our team building exercises. Fred goes to unmask it and he's like, it's obviously old man. Oh, shit. <laughs> Superman? What? what are you doing here? They try to trap him with a net and he just like rips it open and they're like, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing seems to be working. You see Scrappy get flown across a, like the house like a football. <laughs> oh, I was boy. Like, secretly happy about it. Like, you know what? We kind of been wanting to do that our whole life. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this, this was good. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, 
feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or send us a message through the socials. Check out our website, filmgasm.com, where we have reviews, trailers, articles, everything we've done. Uh, if you want to support the show via Anchor, you can click on support this podcast. We appreciate it. Next week, we're tackling a recent horror comedy just in time for the start of the holidays. It's Black Friday at a popular toy store, and an alien parasite has infected the horde of angry shoppers. Now the toy store employees must fight to stay alive and escape the store as they are swarmed by zombie shoppers in the 2021 black comedy Black Friday, starring Devin Sawa, Michael Jai White, and the one and only Bruce Campbell. It's currently streaming on Stars. if you want to watch it for yourself, or you could spring for the Blu-ray, which is what I did. This is such a delightful, fun movie, and I wanted to time this with Black Friday, but you know, I had to swap some stuff. But we're doing it next week. <laughs> yeah, cool. it's yeah, a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's part I think literally off the top of my head, the only Black Friday horror film we have. And luckily, it's a really good one. So is that it for I guess has has every holiday gotten a horror movie? Easter. Uh, Oh, there's Easter. Yeah, Easter's gone horror films. Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. Arbor Day. Who the hell wants to watch an Arbor Day horror film? But I'm sure that... Green Nights. No, sorry. Green (laughs) Nights? Yeah, you know, kind of. The happening, Uh, I guess, with the trees. I guess. Uh, For Thanksgiving, if you haven't seen it, it's from the 80s, called uh, Blood Rage. It is a wonderful film. And, like, my my go-to Thanksgiving horror film well, cool. Maybe we'll do that next year. Um, I have the Arrow Blu-ray, so I can watch it anytime. Nice. Don't miss Airplane 2, the sequel on Friday's Beyond the Bad, a Best Picture showdown on Chicago on Oscar Sunday, and a look into the historical accuracy of 300 on our new podcast, Fake True Stories, which just dropped its first episode this past Monday. Until then... This episode is dedicated to the memory of Kevin Conroy, the one and only Dark Knight. Have a lovely Thanksgiving and keep watching movies.